drag some of the sleepers in there there's haunted there's julius if you're in any of the rooms i'm going to drag you into the radio room and you can pull yourself out if you don't belong if you don't feel like you belong open mic all are invited mandatory opinion sharing okay let's see who's here so the youtube channel that i want to stream from is called um, it's actually called antimedia.network and I'm, I'm commenting with it but uh, I don't have the ability to live stream with that channel yet but that's going to be the one I'm going to build up so you're going to want to subscribe to that channel and I'll go ahead and drop a link so you can well you'll find it, no big deal okay so we're looking through a collection of masks uh, different options, I'm personally in favor of the plague mask for a number of reasons. For me it's the plague mask because uh, it's what you wear when you clear away the debris from what the plague took out. And I look at the plague as a cleansing. Now I don't believe it actually happened in the way that it was said. I mean there's the historical narrative, then there's the reality, but there's also, to me though, the idea here is that if a third of a population are wiped out and the ones who clean it up are wearing these masks, it makes them look like what I would consider to be uh, agents of change, or harbingers of change. You see this face, it means something's coming. It means something... And see, to me, this is also part of it, is that... Um, let me show you. MVP had done a marker stippling uh, rendition of this one. And the idea of the mask is that they don't want to contract the disease. And so in this case, we're clearing the disease of, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, over-mediation, globitis. Not that you can catch it, because it's one of these things where once you've seen through it, you can't really unsee through it. Yeah, I saw that link. Uh, Jason Richard Mangan, 14 months of investigating the Flat Earth model. We have these Flat Earth coming out stories, and I'm just like, cool, whatever. Wait till the dust settles. Wait until there's no more threat attached to it. Wait until you don't lose all your friends and family. Wait until Kyrie makes it cool, and then talk about it. Nope. Cool has moved. If you want to talk about something edgy to be cool, you've got to be auto-hoaxing at this point. Really, if you're not tearing down the green screen, you're in Plato's Cave. And I actually have a link. Okay, your green screen reality is Plato's Cave. That's my new... Um, my, that's kind of my new take on it. My distillation. 
my distillation, why does it matter if they fake the shape of the earth? Why does it matter if they fake school shootings? Well, your green screen reality is Plato's cave. And it's not just shootings and terrorism. It's weather. It's philosophy. It's history. It's story of our origins, where we're going. Everything. So, if you aren't post-media, even if you're a, quote, flat earther, if you aren't post-media, if your reality is still mediated by the powers that should not be, consider yourself comatose, spellbound, and asleep. And it's really that simple. We have a, enough now, in fact, a not, an anti-flat earth, I should say, someone who's way against the idea of flat earth. He's convinced that it's nothing more than a psychological operation to discredit the true truth movement. Um, I don't know his name, but he debunked Starman. And he did it in order to show that, one, um, it's not a flatter thing to call it out. Two, he believes that this event is part of kind of transitioning the space program's public face to Elon Musk. But um, his contention is that its hoaxery is evidence that it's part of the same fraud. And he also mentions, the person who made the video debunking Starman, that it's very conspicuous, very, very, very conspicuous, that no one in the alternative media has debunked Starman. Think about that. Why, it is, why is it that Infowars or any of the alt-media, they all see it as a great achievement? Their only criticism of Musk is maybe um, that he's a, he's a leftist, perhaps, that he believes in global warming. But as far as accepting the reality of the space car in space, or the Tesla in space, accepting it as real, um, there's, no, there's no reason to believe it except because you saw it on TV. And so anyone who, who believes it because they saw it on TV, you can debate them. Why debate about the globe? That's a 500-year-old hoax. They never had a good argument in the first place, and it's, it's been debunked three years since. You know, three years ago, it pretty much the case was closed on the, on the globe. At this point, though, what you could be debating is, is Starman in space? Let's go with that. Because if you can falsify Starman, then the whole thing goes. That's why I think they really jumped the shark with Starman. They can't undo it. And there is so much wrong with it. And it's being analyzed, it's been taken apart, and uh, it was probably good that Stone Man came along to distract everyone. Okay, so we're looking through some old masks, like I said. Um, oh, this is great. These government gestures. So what I would like to do also is, and this is something I'm trying to make a, a point to do, is anytime we have these memes that put the government gestures in their proper context, like this one, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and Ellen DeGeneres are, in fact, what is what they're called here, talk show host terrorists. That's what they are. Kids should be scared to death of everything. Their job is to reinforce the boogeyman created by the media. And the media, of course, is the church. It is the state church. The media is the priesthood of the state oligarchy. We figured this out. We know how it works. We know what their jobs are. And we know why they do it. They believe it's just part of how you govern people. The masses are fickle. They need to be terrified. They need to be subjugated. And so all these drills that these two advocate for, those drills, those aren't drills. Look at the meta-communication. Forget the fact that, hey, we're protecting you. You know, think about this. We're, we're protecting the crap out of you. You know, what they're really doing here is they're, they're making uh, terrorism part of the curriculum. 
and then they're calling it a drill for your own good and your own safety, when it's not really that, I mean, when you're actually experiencing something like that, these hyper-realistic drills, it's done to establish a relationship, a codependent relationship, Stockholm Syndrome. I've been saying for months that we collectively have a codependent relationship with government. Well, it's because of the way that they have positioned themselves as saviors for pretty much everything. Any kind of universal threat they can invent, they inflict on us, and they are the solution. That is a formula for codependency, for Stockholm Syndrome. And they need us to believe them, which again shows that there is a codependency here. They need us to believe them. That's why they have a problem with climate change deniers. That's why they have a huge issue with people not believing in these shootings. Why should it be so problematic if I don't believe these things? Why do they need unanimous belief? It's because they want to apply a universal solution. They need us all to agree to it. Nice one, Hoosier. Now, this is good, too. Now, the power of the mask is simply this. If you have orchestrated events, orchestrated events across a wide range of cities, you want to have the message connected between all of them. Like, the reason why we had Research Flat Earth and all those billboards was we didn't want them to be different um different they, we didn't want to be perceived as different groups or different ideas necessarily we wanted to show that this is a unified front that even though we don't know each other even though we're scattered all across this place we are all promulgating the same basic ideas and uh, we're all trying to open up the debate that's the whole reason for the billboard thing now the masks come in handy if you look at how occupy not occupy wall street um, anonymous rolled out the idea was if you feel like you're going to face repercussions for speaking out, you could use anonymity. Now, at this point, though, I don't think that's really the reason why we would need it. We would need it for other reasons. It has more to do with mimetic infiltration, which is a sort of another topic. But we do need these. We do have some specific psychodramas planned that do require... Um, these masks, it's its more for, um, we'll just leave it at that. It's not about protecting identities. We don't have any need for that. I mean, honestly, when someone comes out with a video saying, you know, and it takes them 45 minutes to say it, they think the world's flat. It's like, duh. You know, it's not like it takes a rocket scientist or whatever to figure this one out. It's pretty self-evident. It's just, do I, am I willing to say I don't believe what my second grade teacher told me? And your teacher's a terrorist, by the way. And I was thinking about this, too, about these drills. What is up with these? this need to be hyper-realistic and random about it? If that's not a red flag. Okay, so I went over to USA Today because they put out an article saying that those of us who question these narratives are dangerous. That's the new, the new uh, storyline here that they're pushing is that we are dangerous. And so I was looking at USA Today. Let me pull this up. And I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of the specific writer. Okay, here we go. He's been writing about this shooting over there, this fake shooting, where nobody died, nobody cried. He's been writing about it for a few weeks now. And uh, he has an article saying that we are no different than the people denying the president's 
Barack Obama, former president's birth certificate. A lot of what they're trying to do is uh, guilt by association, and they're trying to make this questioning of these news events something it's not. Like it's some type of a hate crime, or it's ideological, we have some type of a partisan bent, we're all right-wingers or something, which is ridiculous, it's absurd. The people who are asking these deep probing questions about the nature of media, the nature of government, the shape of the earth, they aren't um, doing it because they're Trump voters. There isn't any kind of a, here we go. There's quite a few stories coming out. This one is, a, this is the one by this individual I brought up, Leonard. Okay, here we go. How do we handle people? who say mass shootings never happened. This is Leonard Pitts. What do you mean, how do we handle people who say shootings never happened? Who's we? In other words, how do we, the believers, handle the non-believers? And then here you have a... Mass shootings in Sutherland Springs have prompted more of these drills where law enforcement trained for the worst. Again, playing dead. You go to school to play dead. Terrorism is now part of your curriculum. Not learning about it, but experiencing it. Sutherland Springs is the church where there was an event, a shooting event on November 5th, totally fake. A couple of our own auto hoaxers went over there to the site, and they accused the uh, church of taking part in a drill using crisis actors to deceive the public. And they were arrested was Side Thorn and Conspiracy Grandma. And the way it's being framed is that they are harassing churchgoers. I mean, come on, harassing churchgoers? So churchgoers, you know, it, this is all about good versus bad, just framing the story. So conspiracy theorists harass Texas churchgoers in shooting massacre. They wrote, the truth shall set you free on a church poster. That's what they wrote. They demanded proof for any of the deaths. The priest couldn't provide it. And they're being held up as uh, really bad people. It's almost, it's almost like... It almost seems contrived. But what do we expect? I mean, it's just a matter of time until they suggest that Flat Earth itself is a dangerous topic. But anyway, this individual here says, it's problematic. After all, we could dismiss them because their facts challenged, but this can become an easy excuse for shutting down debate. And then it goes on to say, um, what we're seeing is the unraveling of the American mind. And we can try to minimize its damage. But how do you reason with the person who thinks that nobody died in Parkland? Or that Barack Obama was born in Kenya? Or that the U.S. government blew up the World Trade Center? What should we say to Sidethorn or Conspiracy Grandma? How do you talk to a man who stood before a grieving father of a murdered girl and screamed at him that his daughter was not real? Sorry, but there's no words. Tisk tisk, shame on you. Okay, so what we have is actually people confronting the deceivers in a way they've never been confronted before. Nobody has done this. Nobody has gone up to Robbie Parker in person and called him out. And this... Sutherland Springs church shooting had 26 crosses erected, kind of like Sandy Hook had 26 Christmas trees, even though they had 27 deaths. 
But there's something about the shrines. A dead giveaway. I mean, these things are scripted events. They're religious rituals. What are you going to call them? Nobody died. And that's very difficult for some people to really get their, their minds around. Nobody died. It's theater. You have to use words. See, here's the thing. The beginning of wisdom, right, is calling things by the right names. We don't need to change anything to diagnose this problem. We just need to call things for what they are. So you see tragedy. I see propaganda. You see victims. I see actors. You see something sad. I see malfeasance. I see government malfeasance. I see, uh, I see the destruction of free press. I see peer pressure. I see mind control. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, not us. We're not crazy. They're crazy. Because they're actually at the point where they're saying, we're not worth debating with because we don't believe. You don't debate with a non-believer. What do you mean? We're talking about facts. Why don't you ask one of us? So, anyway, um, Leonard Pitts. I'm going to go ahead and write him an email really quick. I tried to call him earlier. And this is the USA Today Network Principles of Ethical Conduct for Newsrooms. And this is what I want to bring. I want to bring this up to him. I want to talk to him about this. So let's go with Parkland Shooting. Okay, in my email to this um, individual, I'll just put this live. This is something else I want to kind of demonstrate here, is that um, I am going to use this um, platform to call out the media for what it is, the state church. And one of the ways I want to do it is uh, sending letters, making phone calls, and having conversations with these individuals. So listen to this. Um, we are committed to being honest in what we report and present as news. We will seek to gain understanding from communities and individuals and the issues we cover to provide informed accounts of activities we will hold factual information and editorials. We will treat information from unofficial sources, which may include social media with skepticism. And when considering news created outside the network, we will factor the credibility of the source and weigh the value of the information. Okay, here's the part where it gets me. We will be vigilant watchdogs of governments and institutions that affect the public, fighting to ensure... Okay, now this is the thing. Vigilant watchdogs. This is the part that gets me of governments and institutions. I'll just start off with that. That is from your own handbook. Your own rules. How can you consider yourself to be a watchdog when you won't even allow your stories to be questioned? And this is um, some point I think that needs to be brought up is that um, when it comes to news reporting, uh, describing reality, these things need to be falsifiable. If it's not, it's not news. Like it's not science if it's not falsifiable. At that point it becomes dogma. It becomes a belief. So I'm going to tell them I don't believe anybody. Now, when I say anybody, I mean anybody. There wasn't, not even the school shooter himself was um, like a patsy. Like, there weren't any victims. So I don't believe anybody was shot. And there are no, quote, survivors. 
from Parkland. The only victims are the terrorized kids. I'll give you a call this week. I would like to discuss this matter. Tim. All right, that simple. Just want to touch base and let him know, hey, look, um, we just want to hold you up to your own rules. You, as uh, the media, that is. Um, and anybody standing up as part of the media should have a vested interest in maintaining the integrity of their institution. And if they see that other news organizations appear to be sloppy in the reporting or who knows what, reporting hearsay, they ought to call it out. And here's the, here's the main point here. This is the main thing I think I'm going to focus on when I do get this individual on the phone. Is um, I'm going to say, well, why is the media going up to these children who've just witnessed crimes, murders, no less, massacres, but they're witnesses. They've witnessed a violent crime. Why are you putting them in front of the camera? Like, isn't that taking advantage of them for ratings? Couldn't that be endangering them? Couldn't it be endangering the integrity of the case itself? Maybe they could set the shooter free by contaminating the witnesses. So, they have a lot to own up to, and what I want to ask him is, do you think that CNN is exploiting these kids for their own liberal agenda? Do you think Fox News is exploiting the situation for their own right-wing agenda? Like, I'm going to ask him, do you think these networks are using this event? Because, you know, they really are. But if he says they aren't, this is where it's key, though. We want to get them on record. And so if he says, no, um, we always tell the truth, the media never lies. I'll be like, all right, well, we have nothing else to say. There's nothing else to talk about if that's where you're at. And my point here isn't to change them. My purpose here is just to bring it to people's attention that those they have entrusted with telling them the truth about the world have whored themselves out to the government and they're serving as propagandists. It's that simple. The media isn't news anymore. And that's not a difficult point to make. The media isn't news. It's easy to see. I'll take a quick break. This is the rest of Fast Lines. Destroy the globe.
looking at the Discord comments here, and it's talking about Dell. We mentioned him earlier. We had a pretty good gif of his shed. Um, what was that dry ice cannon thing? Anyway, um, yeah, that started the witch hunt, and that was my first uh, foray into um, Shilhood. And the, the great thing about where we are right now, 3AG, and I kind of knew it would be like this, is that the debate has progressed so far, that and so pretty much so rapidly, that a lot of the people who are still stuck in their shed rage politics are way behind the curve, and there's nothing they can tell us about working our way out of this mess, because they're still pre-green screen. My last channel, or my last last channel, last 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 previous channel to that one, was taken down uh, because I was auto-hoaxing. And of all people, it was my BFF MGTV. He's like, you're sick for saying these kids weren't shot. And he had my channel shut down and flagged all those videos. And I'm like, whoa, this is a truth channel. Quote, unquote, truth, you know. And he shut down my channel because I disagreed with the mainstream media. And then it hit me. I'm like, you know what? It no longer matters what the haters think. It doesn't matter what they think anymore because they have lost the conversation. They've lost the debate. And what's more is it, they've lost the debate. They've lost any sort of uh, moral high ground to call someone a shill. But also, this is something else that occurred to me. Um, it really is about the information. It's not about the ego. It's not about the person. It's not about YouTube celebrities jockeying for position, uh, pissing on each other's content all the time, which is what you see a lot of, this pissing contest, which goes nowhere. All it does is it drags everybody down, the conversation down. It's a bummer. It's unfun. So what, what I'm um, fighting now, though, is that I think we have, I won't say purity, but I think we have an efficiency um, of direction and intent. Like, we know what we're doing. We know what we're not going to waste our time on. That's what we set the rules for. It's like, we have a very uh, clear picture ahead of us. We have this religious paradigm that has ensnared the world. We have a Bible of the day and its priesthood, which we, we know of as the media, the TV, the media networks. And we know now that they use systematic psychodrama to terrorize the population in various ways, whether it's uh, terrorist attacks hitting downtown or in every classroom they have police running in um, under the pretense of keeping them safe from potential threats. We have a lot of this um, going on today and when you really look at the big picture and the number of these drills going on, how hyper-realistic they are and how they're experienced, we can clearly see that, no, this is actually uh, state terrorism, and it's perfectly um, intended. There's no, there, there's no um, intention here of saving anybody's life, saving anyone's lives. It was perfectly orchestrated. These things are designed. They're designed to create a sense of dependency, and to create the fear of a universal threat, and also an aversion to guns. So they don't have to take anybody's Second Amendments. You're going to voluntarily reject it because you've been conditioned to fear guns, which is really just a tool. It's like fearing shovels. But again, it's about creating a universal threat. It's a new duck and cover. You know, school shooter drills are the duck and cover. And there are many media outlets that do take note of this, and they say, you know what, this solution seems like it could be worse than the problem if you 
consider how bad it is for kids to have you know abusive relationships you take away their sense of security and that's what they want they want to take away your sense of security that's the reason why you have universal threats it could be anybody anytime no it's not someone over there it's not one of them you can't tell them apart by how they dress or what Bible or what holy book they read from because it could be anybody anytime and they've made it about mental illness or individuals being radicalized but they've effectively created this devil through uh, decades of Hollywood movies uh, not to mention the media serving as really just the propaganda wing of the government to also help maintain the illusion of these threats that don't exactly exist the way they present them and even if they did would the solution they present be the one that we want you know the same thing with global warming even if global warming was a real thing do you really think you want to put the UN in charge of correcting the problem but you know that all aside um, we've identified what this thing is and anybody who isn't pointing out the green screen as the issue not the globe and you get distracted by the big picture but ultimately it's about the green screen reality and if you're afraid to attack the integrity of the mainstream media and say hey they're just pushing propaganda films for the government like a bunch of prostitutes if you can't understand that and just say it for, like it is then you're on the wrong side of the green screen you're still in Plato's cave and right now because of Starman and Stoneman we have the opportunity to call out anybody who isn't with us on this so if if you're not with us on calling out these shootings as totally fake nobody died nobody cried this is a routine operation and it's used to terrorize the kids if you're not there you may as well go back to the spinning ball like flat earth doesn't matter if you haven't torn down that green screen in your own mind so oh nice Hoosier thank you or PJ uh, I was asking for this one yesterday I was like I want to see a guillotine with a beak on it that is beautiful perfect angle too Okay, so anyway, these people have been cowed. If you're, if you're cowed by political correctness, which is defined by the mainstream media these days, they set the parameters and the terms. If you're afraid of making Jimmy Kimmel cry, well, we don't care what you think. And I am, I am so um, certain that where we are going with this um, is the right trajectory, that it doesn't matter who delivers the message not even if it's me it doesn't matter who delivers the message because the message itself um, stands on its own so I actually went to and you can go to antimedia.network and you will always see the most updated version of the manifesto and uh, I actually sent an email out to all of my worst trolls and stalkers from the last nine months and I said hey listen you might want to tell all of your subscribers that I'm on to a new racket. I'm now uh, criticizing the media. You might want to report on this. Because what they've done for the last nine months is basically just tell on me every day. Let's tell on IPS. He's such a bad guy. Let's flag his videos. And so it's like, at this point, my message stands on its own. So it doesn't matter you know, who carries it. It's just a manifesto. It's just 20 pages. I want people to read it. So I actually recruited my biggest haters to tell all their followers about it please spread this around this needs to get out anti-media post-media leaving the mediated surreality that they imposed upon us and the globe is just one aspect of it doesn't take a genius to see that the earth is flat and stationary not at all 
I mean, it, it really doesn't. But it does take a great deal of critical thinking to see through the media lies, and the same critical thinking that you apply towards deconstructing the ball, you should be aiming that at every aspect of this thing. So as I said, if you're still bouncing off of the enemy green screen and reading off their teleprompters, you're not on our side, you're not on the side of truth, and you're doing more damage. You know, Alex Jones and his company, they do a lot of damage just by talking about these things without going all the way. Like, they're talking about it like, was it a false flag? Did some, you know, it's like, hey, listen, it's a movie set. It's a closed movie set. Until you can call it what it is. You know, the beginning of wisdom is calling things by the right names. We need to do it. That's not, a, that's not news. That's propaganda. That's not news media. That's the state church. Those aren't pundits. Those are priests. Those aren't late night talk show hosts. Those are government jesters. Those aren't reporters. Those are repeaters. These aren't news networks and, and uh, press rooms. These are all just spokesmouths for power. It's all about names. Uh, YouTube is CNN. You know, to the extent that your material is safe on YouTube, it is, in fact, just an extension of the mainstream media. Because your message is mainstream if it's acceptable on YouTube, because YouTube excludes non-mainstream material. And you have mainstream conspiracy, where, you know, you could talk all day about whatever it is, aliens, Bigfoot, doesn't matter, as long as you don't question these big things. And so... Even Flat Earth is mainstream right now. And, you know, I think that uh, there's a little bit of a stigma bringing it up, but not really. Like, it's, it's pretty much been mainstreamed. So there's no social cost to getting in front of your camera and saying, I investigated it for two years, and I saw a lot of other people take a lot of hits for talking about it, but now that it's safe, I'm going to do it. Like, big deal. Why don't you get out and say that not only do you not trust the media but you know that they're all paid liars for the government and crisis actors and that nobody died. You know, that takes, to me, that's a risk. That's a risk. And I'm at the point where I'm ready to debate people on media events the way that atheists will challenge believers about various, various stories coming from the Bible. Like, like, I think you could make the argument that there's just as much belief or reason to believe that Neil Armstrong walked on the moon as there is for believing that Christ walked on water, right? Well, that might be offensive, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Because the fact is, your faith should stick with your faith, your religion. But if you're believing things, like the moon landing, for example, on faith and then accepting it as science or conflating it with science, that's where you get kind of misled. Oh, look at this. CNN, more CNN. CNN is the new, I call it the Crisis News Network. Do you remember when Fox News used to be criticized for all of these terrorist warnings? Like, today's a red warning. Tomorrow will be, you know, they have different colors to go with it to tell you how bad the threat was. And at one point, somebody called them out as just, you know, hey, this is fear porn. Uh, you're just playing on people's fears. You're exaggerating it for ratings. The same people, you know, CNN for years criticized Fox and the right for hyping up the threat of terror and now here you have them with this hysteria about these school shootings that never happened 24-7 and they're actually in the schools doing drills you know this is far worse 
in terms of hyping things up for ratings. And I've been paying attention to this since uh, closely since Vegas. How when you go to these news websites after a shooting, they add three or four times the normal number of ads and videos, and it just crashes my browser. Like they're making a ton of ad revenue on these things. Christ, I mean these these fake events, fake school shootings, big money. This is where you could see that the government media entertainment complex doesn't miss a beat. So maybe you're not going to Hollywood movies anymore. Maybe you don't care about Hollywood. Well, you're still getting your Hollywood. It's just coming from CNN and Fox. It's coming from your alt media now, too. Infowars is CNN. Here we go. So what is this? Oh, okay. So they're sending counselors to go train people for trauma because of what they went through in Parkland. How about these counselors go talk to the listen to this. We are wired to get out of the way of a threat. Now this is this is important cuz now they're talking about this in the context of a school shooting. But this pertains to drills. This pertains to your everyday school shooting drill. It was important for everyone to hear that it's perfectly normal that psychologically the human body reacts to trauma. Quote, we are wired to get out of the way of any threat, she told me. Even if the lion is not in front of you, or if the shooter is not in the building, when you walk away, your body remains alert. The body will calm down after time, but in the world that we live in, social media and the television will keep your body triggered into thinking the trauma is happening again. Constantly being on alert for a threat disrupts your connections to other people, and the impact is worse for children who socially withdraw. They've studied decades, um, look at this, this is Cohen and Dagan. For decades they've studied the Israeli population, and they said that not only does post-traumatic stress show up in places where you wouldn't have expected it, but it also led to substance abuse, relationship issues, and affects the next generation. So there's nothing they described here about the effects of trauma that don't pertain to being to the uh, the kids in the classrooms, not in the places that have been even experiencing these drills presented as real, but just the standard drills. Month after month, fake threats. I mean, I was saying the other day, maybe they just, maybe they need to do hyper-realistic fire drills. Pump screams through the PA system, you know, burn some meat in the parking lot, get some burning flesh smell in there, have some actual burn victims rolling around in the grass. Like, what is the point to this? The point to this is obviously... Look at this. It says here, He instructs the teachers to give students plenty of warning and maybe play a more quiet version of the alarm before the real one. He says, Talk with the children first. They need to think and make an informed decision about the next drill. When you do the drill sound siren, there's always collateral, collateral damage in terms of our own people, but they have to be done. And that's the thing. You may have some honest articles that are actually bringing up real issues that these um, terrorist acts by the state media you know what the damage they actually inflict some people actually notice it they talk about it but they always defer back to we need this but we need this but it's necessary and I would say it's not necessary and even if school shootings were real it would still not be necessary because statistically um, they're not 
really common enough to justify that level of training. And if they were, if these things were so common that every school would need mandated monthly drills with zero opting out, then you would have to shut down the schools because we're in a state of war. We would, I mean, that would be considered to me, you know, we'd be in a state of war if every school was suddenly the target of some random shooting. Like, the scenario is implausible. It's unbelievable. But I tend, I'm, like, this is what I'm going to do, though. I'm taking these principles of ethical conduct for newsrooms, and I am going to use this to question people in the media, what they've reported, and what they stand by. So I'll say, hey, you didn't do that story, because this is, this is also about accountability. You didn't write that story, but you didn't refuse or, uh, to stand by it. Like, you're not denouncing it. Like, will you separate yourself from your network and say, until they talk about this person's account of what happened, I'm not going to stand by the big story? Because I want to make the point for the listeners and the viewers that, hey, look, what the media spins is not considered falsifiable by them. They do not consider their stories to be falsifiable. And if someone said that about science, you would say, well, that's not science. That's scientism. It's dogma. But whatever it is, it's not subject to new information. It is therefore dogma. Well, your news has become dogma. That's what it is. This is just a joke. We remain free of outside interest, investments, or business relationships that may compromise the credibility of our reporting. There is direct evidence that these media networks, including USA Today, are basically just pumping out stories told to them by government, by FEMA, and whatever they work out with local media that cover the events wherever they do their drills, do their, their psychodramas, their propaganda films. And there's more to it also. Like, let's say... You know, beyond the shootings, um, just when it comes to the space program, how many journalists out there wrote stories about Starman and said, it's real? I want to ask them, what is your standard for evidence? Is this evidence? And if you accept this as evidence, what would contradict it? Like, if you accept the video as proof that the thing is in space, what would happen if on the video you saw a glitch that suggested it wasn't in space? Would your story then be changed? as a result of this new information. And if they say, yes, if you can convince me Starman's is fake, the Starman launch was somehow hoaxed, it was filmed on the ground, and we'll make a change, then I would say, okay, well, you're a real journalist. If they say, nope, you are a conspiracy theorist and a crank, we're not going to change our story, then I'll be like, well, you're not news, you're the state church, and you're a paid liar and a sophist, and nobody should trust you. And all the people listening to this will know not to trust you. And as I make these calls and send out these emails and make these uh, interviews happen and really expose these naked emperors, expose these um, apologists for thought police and totalitarians, um, as I do it, I'm going to put these videos out there on different platforms, and I'm keeping this antimedia.network right out in front. And the reason why is that it leads you right over to a document that plainly states the claims that we're making, um, the reason why we're su suggesting that the media is already dead. You know, it's a zombie. It's, uh, it's defunct. It's, uh, the legacy media is already moribound. And so right now, it's just a matter of waiting until it just fully disintegrates. And in the meantime, they're building up 
their fake grassroots, the crisis actors. Earlier today, we were talking about this keeping up with the crisis actors, like keeping up with the Kardashians, because that's what we end up doing here. I mean, look, some we know them, like Gene Rosen. Like, who, who's your favorite crisis actor? Cell phone girl. Robbie Parker. Um, you have all these, uh, Carlos Rondondo. You have all these different characters that we've all become familiar with, that we've memed, and they've become part of this whole story. And I was like, it looks to me like crisis acting is the new Hollywood, and crisis actors are the new Kardashians. And so we may actually start this, keeping up with the crisis actors, because it is worth keeping up with. We're looking at proxies for the state. We're looking at their wolves and sheep's clothing, and we can see it. We can see who they are, and we know what they are. Let's see. Child act. Where? Crisis act. Could you yeah. imagine? Yeah, I mean, what a, what a what a career, you know, what a career starter for David Hogg and these others. Did you happen to look at Cassidy Stay and her resemblance to Delaney Tarr? Glasses. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it was the glasses, but there was a little bit more to it. The timelines match up, the freckles match, the eyes match. It's her. It's her. You know, sometimes it's Well, the hardest thing I think for people to get here is that they've been lied to. Nobody, like, you know, Twain said, easier to fool a man than convince him he's been fooled. Nobody wants to believe it that they've been lied to on this level, you know. Your priests lie, your journalists lie, your policemen lie, your weatherman lies, your professor lies. They all do. And not all of it's intentional, but who's looking at intentions right now? At this point, intentions don't matter. Which is why I'm like not worried about what the um, detractors and haters say. Because it doesn't matter what my intentions are. What if I'm in it for the money? What if I'm in it to... Um, you know, for whatever, um, for subs on YouTube or something. These these motivations don't make a fucking difference. What we're talking about is the fact that we don't have a free press, that there is no separation of church and state, and we're tired of these church ladies telling us what to do, and all we're doing is saying, hey, we don't believe your bullshit. We reject your stupid Bible, and we think your globe is stupid. Big deal. Think and let think. You want to think stupid thoughts? Think stupid thoughts. I have no problem with it. But if I want to think smart thoughts, I'm not going to let you stop it. I'm not going to let you get between me and my own mind. I'm self-mediated. Like, that's the overall message, right? Or should be. No kids died yeah. at Stone Man. It's a problem that you don't believe that, Ace. You don't believe kids died at Stone Man? That's a problem for some of the rioters at USA Today. I believe I... I've tried hard to try to like empathize, and I'm like, what is it that makes them give a damn? Like, I I, I used to be puzzled by these trolls, you know, who spent seven, eight, nine months stalking me. I'm like, what is their big interest? And now I think I get it. I think when you're dealing with um, belief-based operating systems versus the more gnostic knowledge-based operating systems, you're dealing with a very insecure state of mind, and they will fight to protect it. And 
these drills, these school drills, are meant to inculcate insecurity. They're meant to ensure that at no point do you feel very secure. They want to take away your security, which is fucked. Yeah, it's the same insecurity that uh, causes a man to say, Ain't no son of mine gonna be no queer. He gonna play football. They the cheerleader. Exactly. You know, that whole like homophobia. It's like, what are you scared of, bro? Like, uh, getting talked into it or what, man? <laughs> I call them, out, yeah, the, the people who want to put everyone else into molds. And then it becomes a question of whose mold. And if we all go to the biggest mold, then what are we? Authoritarians. And so the, the authoritarian, um, the authoritarianism inherent in thought policing is what I want to get rid of. And that's the enemy. I'm not worried about, yep. you know, any one. It particular. is. It's, it's I, that's the number one thing I see. Sorry. But yeah, it's scientists already figured it out. I mean, it's, it's blatant and it's rampant throughout when you're trying to talk to somebody that doesn't really know about flat earth, like authentic intent. He did that activism today and almost all of them were just bringing up scientists. It's like, what scientists? Name one scientist. I dare anybody to name one scientist. Exactly, exactly. That's really what it is. They all defer to these experts. They all defer to these experts. And if you question their experts, it's taken to be almost like an affront like, like an, it'd be like questioning the integrity of Mother Teresa you know to a, to a Catholic or, to the, or saying I don't think the Pope has the best intentions I think he might be lying about some of this stuff how did they get that how do you that appeal to authority how did they plant that so deeply I think it might That's have something to do routine, with this, huh? could it be the school systems like maybe just the relationship between students and teacher I think that relationship might be set up in a way where um, it's basically you yeah, it's all, all listen, calculated. Yeah, I think it might be. I think it might be calculated. Obedience. And then there's a, a motif, which would be doctors, scientists, astronauts, all the people that are going to give you the truth about the world wear white. Specifically like lab coats. Oh, like psychiatrists. And you know... In the movies, it's men in black that will come take you away. But in reality, it's the men in white. And yeah, they do constitute a new priesthood. And as such, I think they need to be called out. As you know, like, you know, you know, Bill Nye, his planetary society is heavily invested in Elon Musk's trip to Mars. So it's like, Wait, what did he have to do with the uh, Mars thing? Yeah. Okay. So. The Planetary Society, Bill Nye, was on something talking about, let me put this up, Planetary Society, Elon Musk. He was on some puff piece talking about Elon Musk, and here we go. Planetary.org, the Planetary Society, which is, um, here we go. I guess it's Bill Nye's answer to the Flat Earth Society, but anyway, they are going They're to... They're going to launch a satellite. Yep. Here we go. I'm going to drop a link in the Discord. Yeah, I just kept hearing him say, come visit us when we launch on Falcon. Yeah, that's he's uh, launching on SpaceX, their little exactly. satellite that so, does God knows what. So isn't it interesting that they put Bill Nye as like the anti-flat Earth attack dog? And now here he is actually, now we, 
now we see he's running around with the likes of Musk, and he's going to put a satellite up there. And last year he was saving the world with the climate change thing with Earth Day. Bill Nye led the March for Climate Change. Or yeah. March for and kids, chop off your dicks. Yeah. Basically was his message. He's evil looking. The older these people get, the more sinister they look. Yeah. And the way they look, but, uh, I mean, I was looking at Brian Cox is always shown outside with a big goofy smile and his hair always billowing in the wind. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that looks just like Carl Sagan. Smiling like a, a schmuck, his hair billowing in the wind. Then McHugh Kaku, he's got the Albert Einstein hair down pat. And Bill Nye took his look off of Spock. You know, Michio was the last TV scientist that I gave up. I was like, is this guy, like, maybe sort of legit? I can't tell. I, and it, it was before Flat Earth, by the way. I gave up all those people. I was like, man, something's wrong with all this shit. But speaking of the satellites, that reminded me. We got, what, 33,000 satellites up there? Can anybody name one thing any of those satellites do besides Dish TV? You know what I'm saying? Like, does anyone know what any of them do? <laughs> yeah, good question. Good question. And someone had a meme up today, and it had an image of Earth as the scientists present it with 30,000 satellites flowing around it and then billions of tons of space junk. So Earth is just like orbited by just chunks of metal, right? And then it shows next to it, juxtaposed against this, Starman. Complete black, serene, pure atmosphere. Like nothing there. I mean, just pure empty space and then Earth's atmosphere. There's nothing in between. Where, where's the satellites? Where's the ISS? How come the ISS didn't try to do a flyby on the car? Maybe it didn't have enough fuel. Oh, it has unlimited fuel, I forgot. Yeah, that makes sense. Why didn't it? it could have spacewalked over and got in the car and like, posed selfies. Because, you know, they don't do anything up there. Might as well take selfies on a spacewalk. Okay, so... Um, if Elon Musk was to kill somebody and put them in Starman's spacesuit and send them out there, who would it be? Who do you think that he would take out if he was to do such a thing? Damn, that's a good question. See, because um, he here's why I ask. Um, there's a uh, a new publishing company that I've been promoting pretty heavily. And they have a book called The Starman Paradox. And it's, it's, a, it's in, it's in um, like three parts or something. But in the first part, it's kind of a parody of space and orbital mechanics. And so in the story, the space junk hits the wire that connects the solar panels to the battery of the ISS. And so the power goes out. And so what they do is, um, since they fly out of orbit, they actually manage to cross with the Starman, the Tesla, and they use Tesla to jumpstart the battery. Anyway, in part two, because like, well, how do you want to continue it? Because paying, we're, we're paying writers to do this stuff. And it's like, how do you go from, we jumpstarted the ISS to going back, like, where's the story from there? And I'm thinking, well, what if while they're jumpstarting the ISS from the Tesla Roadster, they find that there's a body in that spacesuit? And so the end of this is they lift up the mask and whose face is in Starman? That's the question. Well, obviously, it would be um, that Russian president guy. 
just for the meme value. But no, it would be a, that wouldn't be bad. A, Putin. A, <laughs> Putin. Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> can I just interject real quick? Yeah, I, I think it'd be Bill Gates. Ooh, Bill Gates. That could work. Um, what's the contention oh, there? Bezos. Oh, Bezos. Yeah, well, yeah, he and he and Bezos are kind of BFFs, but maybe not. Maybe there's a motivation there, and that's the whole story. You know, the whole parody of this thing. See, it was Starman parody or paradox. You get it? Like, but it's making a big joke about the idea that they're floating up there in space, and they they have like this control over everything up there. Yeah, here's a question: How much are you paying people to write this? Um, that would be. Dependent upon the writers. I'll do it for double the price. Well, and you know, it'll be triple is awesome. Okay. Well, what I like to do is, um, I have a pool of writers that I usually go to, but generally, I I go for um, inspired, almost hastily written rough drafts, and then I put them through an editor. So we like, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, pretty much, it's open season, and so if there's any subject, I would say. Um, put out a premise and if it works it works and it'll get published because um here's some titles that they've put out so far and these are all um they're not flat earth they're just well they're a mix of things um the one that i happen to like is uh, iss party which is basically the donner party what mm -hmm. happens if iss runs out of food zero g <laughs> guts in space cannibalism uh now this one here, I don't want to give any spoilers, but Slave Colony on Mars has a lot to do with Elon Musk. Um, Stan versus the Chemtrails, I think that I haven't reviewed all of them, but has. But anyway, you get the idea here. Is that it's just like the new vanguard of, of sci-fi is all post-globe, and if it does address space, it's pretty much mocking it. And uh, oh, by the way, did you see Sophia? It's like the hotter version of Stephen Hawking. Oh, oh yeah, from uh, Singularity Net or whatever. That's another uh, retarded genius, the the brainchild behind Sophia. He can't get a, a sentence out. He's like stuttering and he dresses like a goon. Have you seen that guy? Was he the Sorry, the, the long-haired, greasy, uh, yeah, basement dweller guy? Oh no, that was him. Okay. With a cowboy hat, like a safari hat. Yeah, I was. I was wondering why her her breasts were so large. I'm like, isn't that going to offend the the feminists? Isn't that going to be a little unpc? And then isn't we she demand she chops her tits off? Wait, yes. that guy is the brainchild behind Sophia. Yes. Ser what? Supposedly. I, I think they're all actors, but yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Carry on. Okay, well, here's how I would do it. If I wanted to convince somebody that I had invented artificial intelligence or something, I would bring out a, a, a doll like Sophia, and then I would have my friend in another room on a laptop with a headset being that character and just looking through a screen. Like, it could all just be virtual. That's the thing, is that it, there could be a virtual operator, and they could tell you it's AI. And if you're paying a million dollars for an AI robot, well, part of that money is just going to pay for somebody at some cubicle farm to pretend to be your best friend when you're alone. But, That's pretty crazy uh, when you think about it. 
Yeah, it also to me it's also like the Oracle. This is, this is the thing we're talking about. Even with with uh, Hawking, this is an ancient thing, the Oracle, where you have some totem, and whatever it says is not to be questioned because it's said to be have it said it's coming from above, a higher genius that you can't relate, to, that you can't address one on one. It's higher than man, or it's pure of intention, pure of spirit, the voice of God. And so Sophia, which is the name of the goddess um, wisdom. Um, Sophia basically comes out as like at the UN saying, I'm here to help humanity. So it's like, okay, now you're speaking for all of us. And so they bring her out generic, but then I'm looking at it and I'm like, how is that going to sell to the multi-culty um, one-worlders out there? She's too white. She's white-splaining yeah. to the world. Well, they can change your complexion. But, uh, you know, I, I never heard that Sophia means wisdom. I know it was like the goddess... Yeah, it's yeah. That's an important piece of information, for goodness sakes. Yeah, in Gnosticism, AI, you, know, you have um, in, in in the Gnostic idea, you have the the Christ, you know, like Christ and Magdalene, or the the, the God and the Goddess is um, it's Christ and Sophia. And one of the best movies, by the way, if you want to look at the Gnostic myth um, played out in film, is Vanilla Sky, where he dies at the age of thirty-three, and after his third day dead, he's resurrected in this dream world where he meets Sophia and she leads him to understand the nature of eternal life. Very interesting movie. Um, but anyway, yeah, Sophia is definitely encoded. It's all a cult. It's all a scam. And it's just, I think what it is, is Stephen Hawking's going to be put down any day now. And I mean, Stephen Hawking can't last much longer. At some point, somebody's going to say, you know, shouldn't he have died last century? And um, I think they want to replace him with somebody um, a little more appealing to the demographic they're reaching out to. And so I think that the people who find Sophia attractive are the ones they're reaching out to. It's like they're, they're going to blind them with science, you know. These are the Elon Musk fanboys who think that Sophia is sexy. Yeah, but they're more attracted to Elon. And that's what I've been saying. My bet, you know... I, I agree with the Sophia too, but also my bet is that Elon becomes the first like uh, voluntary animatronic post-human, whatever you want to call it, you know, Ooh. upgraded now, human. Okay, see. And he becomes the next Stephen Hawking in a way. Like Lawnmower Man. Oh, good one. Yeah. Like Elon Musk as Lawnmower Man. Yes, I see it. And I thought for a while that he was going to pitch people on android bodies like hey look you're getting old you're gonna die give me whatever's in your bank account and we'll upload your consciousness into a robot and if you don't have enough to afford it you can work it off as a slave bot for a few years but you'll love it you'll get used to your new body you're gonna live forever sure sign me up and what happens is they euthanize you take all your money and then your computer habits your browsing habits everything you've ever typed your voice it all gets thrown into the mix and the ai sorts it out and creates a semblance of you a simulation of you in an android which then goes home to the family and everybody loves it cuz it's a better looking younger more energetic harder working probably a better lover but it's not you meanwhile they expropriated you out of all of your wealth how fucked up is that and elon musk will lead the way because he'll 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 just disappear behind the scenes. He'll, he'll be out there wherever they go. Meanwhile, this robot in his place will be like, yeah, I'm Elon. This is my new body. I don't have these clunky, slow meat sticks anymore. I've got fast computer button fingers.
that's where it's going. One thing about Sophie, um, I was just watching or a few days ago, is that it, they, they, they admit they shipped it. Every time she have an audience, she's she's super they admit it. Uh, because they can let her do uh, deep learning in front of, of all these people because it would actually be a violation of their privacy. All the, the audience, audience, because she would be analyzing the analyzing entire audience and, and learning. And figuring, but of course, she's, uh, if, she, if they just let her talk on her own, own in front of people, what she's actually going to say, going to say. The thing that we hear her say is all scripted. They admit it. They don't admit it with Stephen Hawking, but I presume the same is true with him. And with Hawking in particular, I don't think that he's fundamentally any different than Kermit the Frog. He's a puppet you can rent, and nobody on the screen is going to say, hey, why are you guys talking to that green rag over there? No, they're going to say, hey, Kermit, I love you. You know, they, they don't break the spell. And so you wheel out this animatronic. You give the script, all right, here, Larry King. You ask him this question. He's going to say this. Try not to roll your eyes. And then he's going to say this. Then you're done. And that's what they do. They wheel him out. They do their skit. They put him in. They put him in the closet. Stephen Hawking probably. They probably put him in a closet, and they have like a little little charger that plugs in. I can tell you though, there is no cheek twitching technology, or cheek switch that lets you type um, just with that little motion and spew the kinds of sentences that he does so rapidly with perfect punctuation that can then be trans. Not 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 only. Um, typed from cheek to screen, but then it goes from text to voice with no errors, no syntax errors, no punctuation errors. It's perfect. Decades ahead of its time. 100% science fiction. Totally fake. Eminently falsifiable. Yeah, 100% scripted also. No doubt. Yeah, these are not off-the-cuff answers. So then, so then at, at a minimum, even if you're not willing to consider that David or no Stephen Hawking's not real, even if you can't go there for whatever reason, you know, he's a sacred cow, you don't want to tip that. At a minimum, you have to admit that these things are scripted. And if they're scripted, how can you say that he has any sort of volition in this thing? How do we know he's not just a prop against his will? Or how do we know he's not just a vegetable that they're using? And using Stephen Hawking as a vegetable is no different than using these little, quote, survivors, if they were survivors, to advance their agenda. That just shows you human shields and proxies. That's the government media way. Yeah, I think he is animatronic or something at this point. Uh, Stephen Hawking. Uh, you know, with... Uh, I mean, Jim Henson was doing, you know, far greater uh, demonstrations of, of puppet mastery, right? Uh, decades ago. So, I mean, why would that be a, an achievement? You know, he's survived uh, MLS longer than anybody else, so, um, you know, it's just stands to reason, I think, that he's just complete act, complete fraud. And well, then with her, with Sophie, it's like, you know, why... If it w The impressive thing would be to have someone who could actually walk, like, a you know, an actual... Because the, the walking is the hardest part to pull off with AI or with robotics. So they should have her, you know, she's obviously got a, like a cable, she's tethered, she doesn't even have a lower body, uh, they just always cover that up, and yeah, so to it's me, just it's super like, weird. It's like no different than bringing out a statue of the Virgin Mary and saying, the Virgin Mary visited us at this chapel and the statue wept 
for all the victims of the shooting. Like, this is idolatry at its finest. That's all it is. It's idolatry. And the people looking at it, and like Jimmy Kimmel or um, whatever these, these, um, these other actors that they bring out, these, these late-night comedians, they talk to it the same way that they used to talk to Kermit the Frog. It's, it's so phony, but it, it's a device, though. The Oracle is a device to get people to suspend disbelief. And if you can get them to suspend disbelief, well, you can pretty much get them to hand over their their minds it's it's an old process agreed yeah you know what you were just saying about the whole um dialogue between them and the muppet and it's it is the same sort of thing that's going on right now it has the same essence of that phoniness yeah and i and i imagine that the reason why they don't blow the whistle on it is that these are just pr stunts the corporate pr stunts um stephen hawking gets paid gigs all around the world he shows up as a hologram at nerd conferences in South Korea, he, spew, he he just goes out there and he's like, I am Stephen Hawking, the universe is incomprehensibly vast, and you're not smart enough to understand it. And then he disappears, and everybody cheers. He shows up at... I'm waiting for him to go out there just doing um, doing 360s and, and wheelies on his wheelchair at Coachella, like as a hologram or something, because they beam him in as a hologram. It's so corny. Like when they brought out Tupac as a hologram... I was like, all right, there's a point where it just gets a little hokey. Um, the technology's not there. It's not real enough, and you're not going to get me to play along. But, you know, that's what they're getting people to do. Just uh, don't question the sacred cow or the sacred hog. Whatever it is, it's always a human shield. It's always a proxy. It's pathetic. It really is. Yeah, but the, the, um, the anti-media thing, though, is important. So as far as, like taking away their ability to define who we can and can't criticize or offend. So, you know, it used. To, it, this is why I'm thinking we've made some advancement here. It used to be you can't talk about a, a tragedy or a shooting until after you've given the victims time to mourn in case it was real. Now it's like, no, nah, screw it. If it happened, if it's being reported, we already know it's probably fake and we're going to be critical about it. Feelings don't take precedence over facts anymore. So we've already advanced there. Uh, the fact that we can call out any of their proxies without feeling guilty about it, like Hog or his sister or any of these other kids who are all just faking like they saw something bad. It's like, and we have the moral high ground. This is also new. It used to be that we were being bad, like, you know, like those of us who went out on a limb to call these actors actors, we would take hits for it. It's like you'd, you'd be called a bad person. The media would call you a bully, you're a hater, a bully. That's just like... That's just from the other side. Our own side, you know, truthers are also heavily um, against people who call these events hoaxes. Infowars won't even go there, right? But the thing is, we now have the moral high ground because now we know something that we didn't know before, which is shooter drills are instances of state terrorism against the kids going through the drills. It's part of the curriculum, and it's used to induce Stockholm Syndrome and codependency and a toxic relationship with government and total insecurity as part of the curriculum. And since we know that, we're the only ones on the side of the true victims, and we're the only ones calling out the real bullies here, the real terrorists, the real scumbags, as Jimmy Kimmel would say, are the David Hoggs out there and all the people that propped him up, including his dad, and all those other actors, all those little actors and prostitutes. Yeah, what's up? 
this looks like. Like, do, do you get the idea too that um, that thing? Not, I don't like to use the word extreme, but that we've ratcheted things up a bit, or that we've made some advances in terms of the the debate. Like, are we in a better position now than we were six months ago? That would be my question. I think shit's in the, it's in the fan. Do you know anybody who still listens to InfoWars? <laughs> no. Anybody that... Anybody that did knows that he is controlled opposition. They finally woke up to that. A lot of people see that now. And also, last year, it was a pretty big deal that we had certain people speaking on the topic. Like, like, oh, look, Kyrie Irving. Oh, look, Eddie Bravo. And last year, that may have been a big deal. But like I said, things have advanced. And now, it's not enough to go out on a limb and say that you don't think that the Earth is a spinning ball. Now, to go out on a limb, you have to say the media is the state church and that it is in fact um the opposite of a free press like to me that's more cutting edge than saying the world isn't spinning in terms of um you know what can be acted on and then actually who we're challenging who are we really challenging by saying the earth is flat like it's too vague it's not targeted enough but when you say this reporter spread this lie we can call him out then we can start the ball rolling i'm thinking because this whole space program thing has been diffused over decades and there's not one person who can claim ownership to it. But when it comes to facts that they're reporting, yeah, we can go right to the sources. And that's kind of what I intend to do. So anti-media isn't adversarial, but I do intend to negate. That's what we did yesterday. We came up with 200 proofs that your reality is fake as fuck. I'm going to be recording that over the next few days. And uh, when I do, when I re it's going to be edited nicely, but basically... It's just going to list 200 things that should be taken out of your, um, da your, your mental catalog of what's real, what actually shaped your worldview. And even if half of those or a quarter of those things are fake, it would, be fundament it would fundamentally change your view of the world. And so that's kind of where I'm going with this thing next is myth busting, but busting the big stories of the day and also going back in time. Because what, one thing they have done is they have assumed that if something gets by and it's accepted as true, it is then true forever. Kind of like a Bible, like Council of Nicaea. Well, we all agreed, we voted on it, it's true. You can't alter it without voting on it. No, that's not true. Uh, the, the trick that they play on us is thinking that their stories are history now. Not true. Not written in stone. Nothing the MSM has put out is written in stone. None of it can be taken as objective historical accounts of what happened. And the idea of having a historical account or one account is ludicrous anyway. It's like we need to get rid of the idea of past, present, future and really recognize it's pasts, plural, presents, plural, futures, plural. And what they're trying to do is funnel it so that there's only one. That's the nature of this whole thing, this authoritarian structure. It's let's take away options, restrict everything to one way, and we define what that way is. Anybody questioning our way is wrong, therefore, and bad. And I'm like, I'm not wrong and bad for saying that nobody died, nobody cried. You're wrong and bad 
for not questioning it and for being complicit in the terrorism of an entire generation of kids as part of their school curriculum. You're entrusted with these kids to raise them, to teach them, to allow them to transition into independence and adulthood. And what are you doing with that trust? You're putting them through a curriculum of trauma-induced mind control. That's evil. And the people on the side of that suck. And so I, I'm constantly... Um, bringing this up to my critics now, uh, stalkers, I'm like, you know what, you can call me what you will, but at least I'm not a totalitarian. Sure, I'm anti-authoritarian, but, you know, there you are basically sucking on Baphomet's tit. So, screw you. Don't have to uh, consider your feelings in any of these matters. But the idea of calling them out one by one newspaper by newspaper, going after their credibility. That's where it hurts them, I think. I think it's going to hurt them when we start going for their credibility. I think science as an institution is already being attacked already um, quite a lot by the political right, and the media is being attacked, but they just don't go far enough. How can you attack scientism and attack evolutionism or evolution, but still accept heliocentrism? you know, not going far enough. How can you attack the media for its liberal bias, but not attack it for its outright propaganda? And so the people who aren't going all the way, I'm going to make it a point to kind of, you know, call them out. And I'm hopefully, you know, hopefully this thing coalesces into a, a really an outright rebellion, which is what I want to foment here, a rebellion against the media's monopoly. That's what we have. We have to deal with. There's a monopoly on the news that we don't see. Like you have all these different outlets, you have alternative media, you have independent voices, but if everybody's bouncing off the same freaking green screen, then they have a monopoly. It's a monocult. And that's the filter that we are um, criticizing right now, and we're deconstructing it. Let's see. I called this live stream Aliens Are a Hoax. It's on YouTube because they are a hoax, and uh, I can see that the uh, the media conspiracy theorists are pretty comfortable on YouTube, aren't they? I was at, at a store today, and I actually um, heard someone's phone ringer. It was the X-Files ringtone, and I used that as an opening, and I said, hey, did you hear about Starman, that Tesla they put into space? It was totally fake, and the guy was like, no, I hadn't heard about that. I heard he was going to send one to Mars, and I was like, no, you got to watch the Starman People figured out the thing was totally faked. It's a big fraud. And he thought it was funny. So, but yes, um, calling people out is 100, says one red paper clip. Yes, that's what we have to do. We need to call them out and hold them accountable and essentially create a rogues gallery. And it's not just the main, I mean, we start from the top, right? Go for CNN, go for Fox, you know, Megyn Kelly, uh, Jimmy Kimmel. You name these people, Alex Jones, and what they lied about. But then you work your way down. Bigger YouTube channels, big alt-right voices, and then you, you just work your way down until eventually we show that there's a clear divide. You're on one side of the green screen or the other. You're on our side or the other side. And if you're on the other side, um, you're not our enemy, but we just cannot take anything that you say um, without a grain of salt because you've been compromised. All right, well, I have to... Um, Get ready for a trip. Going to Amboy tomorrow. We figured we put some uh, money 
to a big sticker and it didn't go up into space so we're gonna go get our sticker back and so um, you're gonna wanna follow my live streams I'll post a link as, um, as we, we're leaving tomorrow at noon it's gonna be sneaky I think we can pull it off we gotta kinda be slick about it we don't wanna get shot or stabbed by somebody who may or may not be sleeping near the rocket so thanks for listening I'll see you all later you get these people they joke about it you know, makes hey, headlines, hey, where, where exactly? and that's about it. It's it's a safe topic, or so they think. But the more they accept it, the more it gets talked about. That's when I believe that the Trojan horse releases what's inside, which is us. The real ideas, the real stuff that can tear down Troy, which is... We smoking that boob on the chronic. Getting thrills in the sky, man. Look at that plane supersonic. X marks the spot, grip over the land. You taking a sip of that tonic. They poison in the well, don't drink from your hands Sometimes I find it ironic Motherfuckers don't draw a line of sand GMOs through Monsanto No need to speak Esperanto The good shit's for the Cantos The Pantos, not the Rantos Fluoride in your toothpaste Keeps your pineal gland encased